Anybody stronger because of what you have gone through in the evening? Amen. We just thank God. Amen. For a few minutes, we want to uh, go before the Lord and grant the word, amen, that he has given us to share. Amen. Let us bow our heads together. Eternal God, our Father, we do love you and thank you. Thank you, God, that we are stronger than we've ever been. Thank you, God, for our fathers who have gone before us, those fathers who are leading their children and their families even at this hour. We pray, God, that you strengthen them with a double portion of your power and your presence. Give them wisdom and knowledge from you that they would guide their children properly. For mothers and families, we pray also for them. Pray, God, that you continue to bless them. Now, speak to us and through us that we'll be able to share something that will be beneficial to the children. We love you and thank you now. Use us and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, every heart say amen. Amen. I did not give you an outline, but there is a blank piece of paper there for you to write. To write and keep notes. We're in Luke chapter 11. Chapter 15, that is, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, we're going to read verses 20 through 24. It's longer, but we will just read verses 20 to 24. We're going to emphasize a certain area of this particular passage. Many of you have heard it before, the prodigal son. We heard about that lost son, but we want to look and observe the reaction of the father learn what it is that godliness is like, standard of fatherhood. Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 20, and it says, And he, that is the son, arose and came to his father. But when he, that is the son, still was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell upon his neck and kissed him. And the son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf, bring it here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is now alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word. Everybody say after me, the standard of fatherhood. The standard of fatherhood. You may be seated. We thank God for this particular passage of scripture. It means so much to to me, as I see and ever study it once again, many times you'll read a passage and you'll read it over and over again. But every time you read the Word of God, it will give you a different insight, different perspective. Amen. Same Word, but the Spirit of God will minister to us in another way. Our emphasis is not on the Son. Surely the Son does have a situation and circumstances, a problem or predicament, 
But we just thank God that we are focusing our attention on the Father. And why would we focus on the Father? Because it's Father's Day, and we want to make sure that we know what fatherhood looks like. Real fatherhood. What does it look like? I ain't going to be on nobody's case, but I am going to talk about the Father. And when we talk about the Father, we see the essence of how we should conduct ourselves. When we see the essence of the Father, we see what holiness looks like. When we look at the Father, we see how we are supposed to treat our family, how to treat our children, how to treat our, treat our daughters, and even persons in the community. I thank God for this word. We look at this particular passage, and I thank God my sister sent me something earlier uh, through the week, and she was sending it out to all of uh, her brothers, and we just thank God for it. It's by Billy Graham, and it says this, and I think it's very important. Brother Carton, and it says, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, and unnoticed, yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. I said, Billy Graham said that some time ago, and it's still true. And it says it again. I'm going to tell you again, Brother Gordon. It says, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, and unnoticed, and yet the one of the most valuable assets in our community. And I want to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that our fathers and the fathers in our community, especially those who are doing the best they can, are valuable in our community. And we need to recognize those. If your father is still uh, with you, you need to celebrate him while you can. And I thank God for the example that they have given. The young boys came up and they recognized their fathers and they thanked their fathers and they appreciated them while they could because many children don't have a father who can guide them. And we could say all kind of things, oh, he's just a, a deadbeat, or he's just, and sometimes there's a system that has been set up. And if you go to the prisons, you'll see that there are a whole bunch of men in there, and all of them ain't bad. Come on, so everybody in, in there that did something, sometimes there's a system to break up our family. So I said, there's a system out there that breaks up our family and disturbs the family unit because even if you, you had a last strike but you stole some bubble gum, that's not a federal offense. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't do 25 to life just because you stole something. You should, the justice system should work. Amen. And some of them, all of them aren't dead beat. Some of them got set up. Amen. And I'm just going to say that I'm going to leave that alone, but we need to recognize the ones that are here. And we need to also recognize that these little boys that are coming up ain't going in the system. Somebody say amen. And I have to lose everything I got. We're going to make sure that our children and grandchildren do not get caught up in the system. Make sure they go to school to get education. Amen. There's other options out there. Amen. They might not like you, but tell them what's right. Mama, tell them what's right. No, nah, they ain't going to like you. It don't matter. It don't matter. We didn't like our parents sometime when we were growing up. But we in church now. Look at us. We saved and sanctified because somebody popped us upside our head. That ain't on my paper. I'm sorry. I thank God for my family. I thank God for my father. He died at the age of 50. He only lived 45 good years, and even the last five were quality. 
because what he had lived, even up to that point, he still demonstrated it out of blindness. Out of his inability, he was still sweet and he was still kind and he was still loving. The same person that, that lived uh, joyfully, got up in the morning and still gave God the glory and the praise. He got up and sat on the edge of the bed and said, thank you, Father, and praise your holy name. Couldn't see. Didn't even know I was in the back watching him. But ladies and gentlemen, I thank God for a father who guided me. And don't just love God when it's good times. Don't just love God when everything is going your way. Sometimes you will be a father and you don't get no appreciation. They don't say thank you. They don't appreciate you driving all those hours and commuting back and forth and going in and putting up with the foolishness that we have to deal with on the job. But I thank God. He gives us the grace to keep getting up. Hallelujah. Go to work sick because you ain't got no sick leave. Come on, somebody. Go to work sick and put up with all that and then come home. Hallelujah. And then take care of your children. Mothers do the same thing. Been doing it for years. Get up in the morning not feeling good at all. But because they love their children and want to make sure that there's some food on the table. I'm talking about the standard of fatherhood. Anybody like the standards that God has? We need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, when the Bible says that God will raise up a standard. What he is actually saying in that way, he means he'll fight for you. And you say, well, what does that mean? If you had the flag, you had a flag that represented your nation, your country, your tribe. And on the top of that flagpole, there was a symbol that represented your tribe. And when you go, that's called a standard. And when they go out to war, God said, I'll raise up a war and he'll fight a battle for you. Anybody think, God, that he raised up a standard? And what I'm recognizing on today, we're not talking about the same word standard, but we're talking about uh, recognizing in a, a system where we ought to conduct ourselves, a standard of excellence. And we need to conduct ourselves, men, women, boys, and girls, at a standard of excellence. And we thank God that he is holy, so therefore we, as children of God, must be holy. Look at this little boy. Little boy walks up on his daddy one day and says, Hey, Father, I want everything that belongs to me. How many of you know if you've been born in this world, you came with nothing and you can leave with nothing? First thing you need to understand, Jesus is telling a parable uh, uh, that nobody in the community was appreciating. They didn't say, oh, that's a good little story. They was like, hurry up and stop this story because ain't no father going to let that boy have that stuff. He need to be disinherited. He need to be punished. He need to be put in his place. Jesus, stop telling this parable because it's not a good parable because a father, a real father, don't do no foolishness like that. He slapped that boy upside his head. Let him wake up next week with his senses. No father does that. Jesus, what's your problem telling that story? Jesus said, I ain't finished yet. Little boy asked for his inheritance, didn't take the inheritance, go out there in the world and squander his own foolishness. He had wild women. He had some crack cocaine. He had some real cocaine. Hallelujah. He drank it. He smoked it. He did whatever he could. Hallelujah, and that ain't strange just to him because some of us did the same thing. And some of us just got back. We just came to ourselves. And so we can't be mad at him, Alan, because we did the same thing. 
I was in church and still ran crazy. Come on, somebody. You surely somebody else might run crazier than you. I didn't do what they did, but sin is just sin. Come on, somebody. You put, you put dirt on a white suit, it's dirty, even if most of it is clean. Come on, somebody. You need to understand your, your little righteousness don't mean nothing in the presence of God. You say, I ain't did nothing. I ain't stole nothing. All have sinned and fallen short. Don't be mad at the boy because all of us did something. But there's a standard of fatherhood. Boy, it got so low, he started working with the pigs, and Jewish boys did not work with pigs. That's why he couldn't find nobody to help him. You say, well, what's the problem? Because Jews couldn't, could, they, they despised the pig. They were like, uh-uh, we don't eat that. We don't even play that. And other, many of us, we we like, well, what's the problem? Because I like my pork chop. Come on, somebody. I like my fat back. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Like my, you know that cheese, whatever that cheese is. What's that? Hog head cheese, you know. <laughs> so you ain't got no problem with the story. But that's why he didn't get nothing to eat. He said nobody would help me because you've been hanging around the pigs. I can't, I can't give you nothing to eat because you low down and dirty. You need to understand that sometimes God will orchestrate your circumstances. Even the people that would help you won't help you. And you say, well, what's the problem? Sometimes God fixes it so you get hemmed in and you can't look around. You just got to look up. The Bible says he came to himself. I said, the Bible says he came to himself. He said he was about to eat the, the Koreb uh, pods that were being fed to the pigs. The pigs, it wasn't slop. It was some Koreb cods. And those are seeds that grow on a tree, the carob tree. And they, they would use them sometimes as a substitute for chocolate. And you say, well, what's wrong with them? Raw, they taste pretty nasty. And but, but, but when the famine comes, you will heat them up. They would heat them up in the, in the boil them. And then you are so poor and so broke, you would eat the carapace. So that ain't really the problem. The problem is that this young man was truly in a famine situation. He was not only physically, he was not only Physically famished, he was spiritually famished. He had left the source of his power. Many of you children think you got something going on, but you're only covered by the grace of God. You're only covered because mama loved Jesus. That's the only reason he ain't whooped you yet. The only reason you ain't got caught doing what you're doing is because of God's grace. But you need to understand it's just a matter of time. You're going to smell yourself and think you got it all together. You're going to run out there and get your rump whooped. And then you're going to come limping back to the mama's house. Come on, somebody. You can leave one way, but you're coming back another way. The good news, ladies and gentlemen, when we look at the father, I'm going to rush to an end. We find that the father demonstrated compassion on his son. When you look at verse, in the verse uh, that we began with, verse number 20, you'll find that the father, when the son came to himself, he rose up and he returned to his father. Father was sitting, and I usually say on the porch, but that's, that's too current. He was sitting in front of the tent. Come on, somebody. Probably sitting on the ground. Amen. 
He was probably just kicking it there. And then he looked down the road and he can recognize, even though he had many servants, he had another son. He had other, other things going on, but he recognized his son. The thing is that God has so much compassion. For those who are, are less fortunate, those who have gone off on a tangent, and somebody here might say, well, God, he won't forgive me for what I did. If he had compassion on this little boy who, who should have got disinherited, who should have been rejected from coming back to his home, he can surely love on you. God has compassion, which means from the vows we will, we will speak forward. From the vows we will know that I have to help him or her. From his vows he knew that he had to reach out for him. Jesus demonstrated that same compassion. I said he demonstrated that same compassion on you and I. And every time he ran into some poor, he would, he would have compassion on them. That's why he gave them the fish and chips. That's why they 5,000 were fed. That's why 4,000 were fed. That's why the paralytic was healed. That's why uh, he, he, he cast a demon out of that spirit and raised a boy from the dead because he had compassion. The problem is we don't have a standard of fatherhood. We have lost our compassion. I got mine. Get yours. But ladies and gentlemen, there's a standard that God has. He wants all of us to demonstrate that same compassion. Aren't you glad that God had compassion on you? Not only does God have compassion, but he demonstrated mercy. I say he demonstrated mercy. He saw the little boy when he was coming, and then he, he ran and received him unto himself. He ran and gave him a kiss and a hug, and it was very, very disrespectful. It was very uncompromising. It was very sad that a dad would pick up his robe uh, uh, and run to see his son. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a, a sad commentary because fathers didn't run. It was a very uh, 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 disheartening thing to see a father run to his child. But it, listen, if you love somebody, you don't care what everybody else thinks. When you love somebody, you don't care about the culture or what everybody else or tradition. You will do whatever you got to do. That's my boy. That's my son. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you're thinking about. That's my boy. He runs and gives him a hug and he runs and gives him a kiss. Which means that he's walking him back, but he was waiting on him. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we're not waiting on a loved one. We don't care if we ever see him again. Lord, have mercy. Y'all don't want to hear this today. This is Father's Day. Let's be happy. We are happy. I'm happy because the same God who, who, was, who was demonstrated in this passion had mercy on me. He had compassion on me. Not only does he have uh, compassion, he has that mercy that we talked about. He said, I've sinned against heaven. A lot of people say, I sinned. Saul said, I sinned. Job said, I sinned. Judas Iscariot said, I sinned. But ladies and gentlemen, do you have any repentance with that? Do you really have a humility that comes before God and said, I've sinned and therefore I yield myself to you. I give myself away. I empty my pockets of all of my, my schemes and all of my plans. I, I surrender all. He said, uh, he said, I have sinned against you. 
And many commentary would say this little boy wasn't humbled. He was just hungry. Nobody else would help him. So there's another reason that father shouldn't have received him. But God had mercy. He had compassion upon him. He said, for I am no longer worthy. The sad part is that we're coming to the church and we think that we're worthy. God owes us something for showing up today. God owes us something because we have done him a favor by coming. How many of you know that none of us are worthy? None of us are worthy. And I just thank God that, that even in spite of myself, he counted me worthy. I have some good news for you. That the young son said, Father, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. But in Romans chapter, Romans chapter 6, verse 4 through 7, he said, you live for Christ. He said, he died for you and he rose again. And he said, when you die to yourself and when you began to rise to walk in the newness of life, he said, I've done that for a reason because the old man is crucified with him. And he also says, you will no longer live in sin. He said, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. He said, you're no longer able to walk in sin because I've relieved you and forgiven you for your sin. I paid the price for you. He said, Father, have compassion. The Father has mercy. Not only that, but the Father has grace. How many of you can thank God for his amazing grace? Oh, how sweet the sound has saved a, a wretch like me. The Father said, when the boy came, he came in and he said, Father, I'm not worthy. He didn't even listen to his speech good. He said, servants, go get me the robe. Go get me the ring. Go get me some sandals. He said, I know the boy been out there. That's, that's, that's one thing. I know he had wild women and he sang songs and he was about to eat uh, from the pigs and he'd been hanging around. He said, but that don't mean nothing. Go get me the robe. He said, don't get any robe. Get the best robe. Ladies and gentlemen, what I found out is not the best robe for the service, but it was the father's robe himself. I don't know about you, but I thank God that he clothed me in righteousness. When I was in sin, he clothed me with his own robe. And you need to understand, when he said, get the best robe, he went into the closet and got his robe, his royal garment. He brought it. He said, get the ring. He said, I want him to have the signet ring. I want him to put it on so he knows not only is he part of the family, but he can also put an impression and seal a letter that I sinned. Put sandals on him. Why is it important to have sandals? Because only slaves walked around with no shoes on. He said, that's my son. I want to make sure he's suited and booted. You need to understand that God takes us from, from the foolishness that we've done and makes it look like we never did anything at all. I wish I had a witness in here. God has been good to us. He has been merciful to us. He has been gracious to us. He has been compassionate to us. And he wants us to demonstrate that to our families and our friends. I thank God for my family. They say, how does it feel to be a grandfather? I say, I don't know about that. I'm just a father. And you say, well, what does that mean? That means I got more children. I got another daughter. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to take care of all of them. Then I got, I got an extended family. I got, I got others who have added on to the family. They're all part of my family. Don't 
don't try and limit me on that because God had that same same uh, standard that he had for community. He didn't just watch over those that were in his family. We have to look on, on the eyes and the desires of others. I thank God Nana's my, Nana's my Nana. Hallelujah. She's in my family. Jamar is my son. Come on, somebody. Y'all not listening. I'm telling you, I don't care. If you shouldn't have met me, then you wouldn't have to worry about me. But my job is to keep an eye. Fathers have to keep an eye and give God praise even when they don't get no appreciation. I don't need you to pat me on the back. It would feel a little bit better, but I sure don't need it right now. Because God has been good to me. You'll knock me down, but I'm getting back up. I thank God today. I say, I thank God. I thank God for his mercy. I thank him for his compassion. I thank him for his grace. But last, last of all, I thank him for his celebration. He said, my boy just got back. The boy was dead. He said, now he's alive. He said, he wasn't physically dead. He was spiritually dead. He said, I got another son in the back. We ain't going to talk about him. He dead while he walketh. <laughs> we ain't talking about him. They real religious, but he's still dead. But I ain't talking about that. Go get the fatted calf. What's up with the fatted calf? The calf didn't get fat overnight. The calf had been prepared. They had to make preparation for the, for the calf. You had to take months and months to make homie juicy. Come on, somebody. We like juicy pork chop. We don't want no, no, no this and that. Come on. We get the hog, mom. We want him to be, be seasoned. He didn't just grab a pig. I, he said, go get the one I've been priding for my birthday. He said, go get the one I have prepared for when we have special guests. You need to know, ladies and gentlemen, he went and got the fatted calf. He said, bring it out because my son, he was dead, but now he's alive. I don't know about you, but that's where we're celebration. I say, I don't know about you, but when somebody gives their life to Jesus, that's a celebration. Luke chapter 15 is the lost and found. Luke chapter 15, if you lost it, God is going to find it. And he's also going to show you some love. You got to understand, he started in verse number one. He said, "There's a, the sheep uh, had been scattered. Or the sheep, he had a sheep fall and one of them took off. Even though you got a church full of folk, we should be concerned about the one that left. Even a, You know, it's good for us to be here, but what about the brother that strayed off? He said, I'm concerned about the one that was lost. He said, I'm concerned about them more than I am about these who are in a nice little huddle. They're safe. They're in the, they're in the caves. They're in their, their fenced area. So they, they're all right, but I'm going to go and get that one. Young lady lost her coin, and nobody cares about the coin. But God cares about things that you care about. He cares about you having your watch that your grandmother gave you. He cares about you having the certificate that you lost. He cares about the things that you, you. And so when you lose and you're searching the house, he says, he says, even when she found it, she said, let's have a celebration. And the Bible says, and he uses those illustrations. He said, but when a person is lost, heaven rejoices. He said every time in 7 and 10, he said every time a person give their life and they repent, he said the angels in heaven get the witness because he's rejoicing. I thank 
thank God for his compassion. I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his grace. I thank God for the celebration because some of you feel like you're lost and you can't get back. But I'm here to tell you, God is bigger. I said, oh God, our earthly father, he might be in a certain way, but our heavenly father, he loves you. I said, he loves you in spite of. He loves you in the midst of. He don't care what you did. He said, just come back. Come back. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's getting late in the evening. We can't play church, Sister Neva, anymore. We can't just go through the procedures. People need help. I said, people need help. We need deliver. We got things going on. We got spirits trying to tap our household. We need the Lord. We ain't got time to play. Can I warn you about something? Sometimes the pressures of life can come on you and you'll go back to the flesh. They hit you, you're ready to cut them. Come on, somebody. You know that ain't what the Spirit of God said. He said when they hate you, you, you begin to love on them and you wait on them. God will give you wisdom and knowledge of how you might, might, might love them back into their place. But we cannot go back to flesh. I said, we can't go back to the carnal nature. He said, if you're led by the Spirit, you won't fall into sin. And I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but God has a high standard. I said, God has a high standard. And some of you that are in here today, ladies and gentlemen, you need to know that God is looking for you, and he's been waiting on you. And he said, if you, if it's your day... You need to hear the Spirit of God speaking to you. You say, I need to repent. I need to turn from my evil way. I'm in a backslidden state. I need to get right. I don't have a church home. Whatever your need is, God said, if you come, he said, I'll be here for you. Not only that, but I'll be undignified. i lift up my skirt and run to meet you. And I'll give you a hug and, and a kiss on the neck. Amen. I love on you. He said, all I want you to do is come. God has a high standard. For all of us fathers, all of us fathers, we have to have that same compassion. We have to have that same mercy. Demonstrate that same kind of grace. Then we'll be able to celebrate with our families. How many of you want your families to be successful? How many of you want your children to be blessed? If Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to you, he ought to be the best thing that you introduce to your children. Churches get ready to move forward. We get ready to move forward in Jesus' name. Provide you all the opportunities that you need to grow in grace. Because I'm here to warn you that when you meet Jesus for yourself, I said when you meet Jesus for yourself, you won't depend on other things, and you won't care who like you or not. I thank God that nothing can separate us from the love of God. He said, neither height nor death nor thing presence or thing to come. Things in heaven or things in the earth or things under the earth. He said, none of those things can separate you from God's love. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. I'm trying to let you go home. Look at your neighbor and say, God has a standard. A standard of excellence. My altar workers, my altar workers, come quickly. 
Listen, if you're here, if you're here, the Spirit of God is speaking to you. Make sure he's putting a call out. He's saying if you...